two, we're not really, wow. <laughs> okay. Hello. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> How have uh, we done this two times already and we still, we don't know how to do it. Welcome oh. to the, we're not, not the fucking Christ. Hello and welcome to We're Not Really Backpackers. Hey, the podcast where we talk about how and why we're not really backpackers, even though we fully Aw. <laughs> cheers, darling. Oh, cheers. Ooh, nice. I'm Janie. I'm Susie. Uh, welcome. We, first off, we're going to start things off this week with a really hot take. Um, you may not be hearing this kind of coverage and content of things going on in the current world, and I just thought that we need to bring it to you. And that yeah. is, I fucking hate this pandemic. <sighs> I Fuck, yeah. am. So, I hate it. It's so annoying. I know. And we're speaking from a place of just inconvenience, mostly. <laughs> I don't want to be yeah. disrespectful to people who have been directly, because we know people that have been directly yeah. infected um, and thankfully have recovered, mm. and friends and family and mm. stuff that obviously have been sick, but it just fucking sucks. And it really does. We're talking about it just on the top of the episode today because mm-hmm. we're currently in Melbourne and we have just the entire city has now just gone back into phase one lockdown which is stay at home orders you are only permitted to leave your house for one of four reasons that being work if you cannot work from home caring for um, people that need your assistance um, grocery shopping and exercising within like a local perimeter of your house um yeah do you know it's funny because in our line of work we are I don't know I think we've both learned to have this mindset of just staying positive and I think we both in general are like that naturally. pretty optimistic people yeah glass but, half full yeah exactly and yet still I'm like do you know what actually it's fine if you're feeling a bit shit about it and mm-hmm. it's affecting you it's okay to get angry at it because it just sucks. It fucking sucks. Like, let's acknowledge the fact that it just has ruined so much. (laughs) However, going back to the positivity. (laughs) Two sides, same coin. (laughs) I think, yeah, we don't want to be bypassing and just be like, it's going to be fine, love and light, which is important. But unless you acknowledge the dark of it. I think there's so many good things that have come from it in terms of like, Mother Earth has been given a little bit of a break uh-huh. because we're not stomping our big, massive, fat feet all over the world anymore, <laughs> as much as we were anyway. Um, obviously, oh, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> what other positive things have come from it? Positive things that have happened. I think it's given a lot of people a renewed sense of what's important. I know at yeah, least... Yeah, that's true. Especially back home in the States the social uprisings that have been able to take place and the protests that have been able to take place, Mm. it's not because this information is brand new. I fully think that the reason why it's gained the momentum that it has is because people finally have the time to, and the energy to expend, to focus on it where it's needed. Mm. Because keeping us, everybody working 40 plus hours a week and, being busy and caught up in our own shit is a really useful way to keep us from looking at these 
immense, massive systemic issues that really need a lot of attention and support. So Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Um, we're in full support of the movement and yeah. are trying every day to be anti-racist. Yes. And being two white people that have been brought up in very privileged upbringing. Yeah, and yeah. in very, you know, inherently racist societies, our work mm-hmm. is probably never going to be done in doing that. So, anyway, um, mm. yeah, so I, that's a positive, <clears throat> I guess I would say. There was a video that this guy created. I think he's an English guy. I can't for the life of me remember what it is called. I think it's something along the lines of the story of the virus or something like that. And it's, uh, he's reading a bedtime story to his child and it's talking about you know the big epic virus that happened and what good came of it and it's it's really interesting looking at that and just realizing that actually potentially we needed this to reconnect to what is important like what you were saying it's given um it's given social media the space um to be putting things like black lives matter on a pedestal Mm -hmm. And everyone's at home on social media at the moment, connecting with that, connecting with each other, realizing, yeah, realizing, you know, what is actually important. And that white privilege, I don't think we are actually, I don't think a lot of white people or people who aren't of Afro-Caribbean heritage and other races, I don't think we really understand white privilege yet. And I think that has given us time and space and it's definitely been put in ways that has helped me understand it more as well because I'm not going to say that yeah you know I I think I was I think there are times when I could be ignorant to it you know totally it's not that I it's I'm not willfully so no exactly but it's just brought it to light how much I I have experienced that in my life and I just thought oh Mm -hmm. wow that's really interesting so yeah yeah that's that's the positivity. I would say so. Um, yeah, and giving people that time and space to, to connect with their families and yeah. to reevaluate how they want to spend their time and what's important to them. So, yeah, we're back in full-on lockdown over here. Susie and I are both super fortunate to have positions and jobs where we, we're coming up on, our, on the ends of our contracts, but yeah. we still have full-time employment. It won't be impacted by this. We've been on modified working schedules for the past couple of months anyway. So we're super fortunate, but we um, know that that's not the case for most of our friends here and most people just, you know, globally as well. It's been, it's, we have gotten super fucking lucky and beaten the odds in a lot of ways. Mm. So yeah, especially considering the really, right before we went into lockdown as a whole for the city of Melbourne, um, there were nine public or low-income housing flats that were mm. without warning. Some report I saw a report somewhere that said they were given 30 minutes notice, but then other reports have said that they weren't given any notice at all. Yeah, that's that, what I heard. Yeah, that mm. they were just put into like a, a really strict militarized lockdown where like 500 armed police officers went into these public... Um, you know, housing units and... Which are prim- primarily inhabited by people of colour. Yeah, yeah. And um, not letting them leave to to get groceries, to get medical needs. They're not allowed to, like, as we're in lockdown, but we're allowed to leave to go to the store. We're allowed to get medical care if we need it. We're allowed to exercise. And they were, there's armed cops on every floor of these housing units yeah. keeping people locked inside That's with no scary. notice. 
Um, it's so fucked up. And so now that it's been, it's been five days and eight of the nine, uh, flats have been released from the super strict lockdown, which is great, but there's still one that's still under heavily armed, you know, enforced like imprisonment essentially. Mm. Um, and there's been a bunch of local um, activists and community organizers trying to get supplies and um, food to these people. And they it's just been a total shit show. Yeah, I saw a video, um, someone was secretly filming. And there were two things that stood out to me. One was that, look, I understand that the people who are employed to do this are just doing their job, but the way they're banging on the doors is so, it's so scary. And it's yeah. like a loud, hard bang. It's not like, it's not like they're no, giving- they're not ta- like they're not doing it with any care. No. And the second thing is that I just saw like boxes and boxes of food just all on the floor. Mm-hmm. And like, look, it's in a box, but you're still putting it on a floor. It's not like on the floor. It's not like you have it in a kind of, I don't know, rack like system or yeah. a cart system. Yeah. In special sealed containers. They're just, mm. it's just makeshift, make do last minute, you know, struggling yeah. to, to provide for these people. And I get it. Like the initiative behind it is to protect people in general but just the way they're going about it isn't very sensitive and also what we were saying you know it's not like you would see this down in Brighton which is you know a predominantly white area that's quite affluent exactly the reasoning the public reasoning is oh well these are you know there's been some cases it's not like I don't know there's been some cases of COVID in these areas and they have shared amenities and that's Mm. why but I Exactly. If this was a predominantly white or wealthy area, there's no fucking way 500 cops would go barging in, mm-hmm. like, and be so aggressive and militant about it. If yeah. like these are not criminals, they're just living. Mm-hmm. And if there's really a public, like, that's not how they're treating people at the quarantine hotels. Yeah. That they've made people be in when they come, you know, from inner international travel and they yeah. have to stay in these quarantine hotels those yeah. people are getting fucked by the security guard yeah. <laughs> like literally oh my god i heard about this yeah I like, I, there's oh been god. so many i mean it's just been a fucking mess but like in comparison <laughs> oh. these are the same kind of situation where you have people where there's been outbreaks and potential contagion of this virus how differently are these people being treated between yeah. people of color mm-hmm. in low-income housing and a fucking hotel and it's the same shit yeah and some other other like i saw pictures that people were posting and sending out people that were in these buildings that the food bags they've been giving were expired food they have like the expiration dates on they can tell they're expired they're not properly refrigerated they're not adhering or um to people's dietary needs or religious like halal food and stuff providing kosher halal food. no and people are still in the flat that i've just been looking into this the people that are still in that one flat like are still have not been given people are asking for like their prescriptions they haven't been given their Mm -hmm. prescriptions they haven't been given over the counter medication like norepinephrine and panadol um there's i just read a thing about a family who a couple of the members of the family have tested positive but the other ones haven't and they've been asking for disinfectant and cleaning supplies and they haven't been given any for six days really yeah so it's like you're not don't say that you're actually you know like if you're not really trying to help people I don't know. It's super fucked up. And I think that there's inherently some obviously classist and yeah. racist, racist and xenophobic elements to this. So mm. 
we're super fortunate yeah. that our lives are not as greatly impacted by this kind of lockdown Absolutely. as other people's. Yeah. Um, yeah. Corona Roundup is, yeah. it's still very much a real thing. I can't believe it's worse than the first round here in Australia, in yeah. Melbourne anyway. So basically what sparked the, my understanding of what has sparked the lockdown reignition is that in the past, the past week or so, we've had double digit um, new case findings, I guess, mm. like, you know, um, every day. And then the past couple of days, it's been like over 100. And in March, the highest day was 111 cases. And then today or yesterday, it was like 127. <sighs> so it's <laughs> fucking worse somehow. Mm. Um, everywhere else in the country is reopening. <laughs> everywhere <laughs> else is doing fine. Oh, my God. Our friend. Uh, this is the funniest thing. Tom, if you're listening. Aww. He is a musician. And he just sent me this message the other week, yeah, literally the yeah. other day before the weekend, saying, "Oh, what are your plans for the weekend?" And I was gonna message him saying, "Oh, you know, let's let's meet up or whatever, hang out." But anyway, it didn't end up happening. Next thing I know, <laughs> we're in the taxi back from, coming back from work, and Jamie's like, "Oh my god, have you seen Tom's story?" And <laughs> Tom's fleeing for the border, he's li- literally <laughs> fleeing for the border with his wet clothes that he had grabbed out of the washing machine before. Yeah. He literally stuffed everything in his car and and driving and driving up. and he got there. Bless him. Yeah. So basically, last night they've closed uh, the border between Victoria and New South Wales. Um, basically, everywhere else in the country is saying, "Nope, you're not allowed to come here." <laughs> um, so a lot of people were fleeing Melbourne and fleeing Victoria to migrate for warmer climates for the winter. Don't blame them. Really wish that I was somewhere warm right oh, now. Wow. But it's fine. It's going to be fine. And um, Tom, we're so glad that you made it safely. To all of our friends that are on the move, on the lamb, as they say. Uh, yeah. Good for you, you motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just... <laughs> Salmon skin roll. <laughs> Please tell me you've seen that Friends episode. It kind of works out perfectly in a sense that this is what's going on right now because what we wanted to talk about anyway this week was big kind of overarching lessons that we've learned and things that we've taken away from our travels. The biggest one that's stood out to both of us is being flexible. Um, Physically, it's important to stretch and be limber and we both (laughs) enjoy yoga, but mentally and emotionally, we both have learned through experience, especially through traveling of how not just important, but beneficial it is to have kind of a loose attachment to whatever outcome it is that you're looking for because shit goes wrong yeah every single like plan that i've Mm. tried to have since i've been traveling has completely changed and completely turned upside down all for the best Mm. all 
to bring things into my life that I never could have possibly planned. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they've fucking changed and just having to roll with it. And, Mm. um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's really interesting because this was the first thing that came to mind when we were thinking about planning this episode. Um, the major thing being that when you have a plan and stuff doesn't go to the plan, you automatically think that's a negative. You think, oh, I just want to have some control and why is this happening? But what you just touched upon is that actually it can bring things into your life that you could you didn't expect or could plan for. And I think that is super important to keep in mind because it's quite easy when you're in the moment. Yeah. To think, oh crap, like how am I going to get out of this? But the things you learn by just having to deal with that, you you have no other choice but to get, just get on with it. So instead of thinking, oh, what if this doesn't happen or what if this happens? We want to encourage people to kind of practice letting go. The Mm -hmm. art of letting go is, is just key when you are wanting to travel. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's that kind of radical acceptance um, yeah. of just it's a it's a first and foremost it's a practice. Yeah. It's not like oh yeah you're gonna just do this once and it's gonna be super easy and then anytime an issue comes yeah. up in your life it's you know just gonna be simple as yeah, fine. You're not gonna yeah. feel anything. You're not gonna have a personality transplant. You're gonna be like oh my god this one thing <laughs> <laughs> happened and now I'm just like totally zen and just whatever. Like, no. no, Dalai Lama's fucking liar. <laughs> it's a total practice and the most recent example that I can think of of, in a big way a plan changing or turning upside down for me was well first of all like leaving even to start traveling at the end of 2018 when I first went to Bali I didn't even really have a plan other than I knew a couple of friends that were living there and I knew for the first month we were gonna be in a house together but other than that I had no plan yeah and like I just kind of had to fake it till I make it made it later and I it worked out better than if I had tried to plan it because I had no idea what I was even what I would have even tried to plan too Mm -hmm. there was neighborhoods and places that I thought that I would love that I ended up not liking as much or you know, vice versa, and people that I met that I wouldn't, you know, all the things come up in the way they're supposed to. Um, More recently, like a major plan upheaval that I had was when I left Sydney to go do my farm work. At first, I wasn't planning on going and doing farm work. I was going to nanny for a family um, that owned a farm. And I was living with them and they're so lovely and their daughter's so freaking cute and they were just the best, but it just didn't work out. I was there for a few weeks and they actually are the ones that helped me get settled and like, because at first like figuring out that that wasn't going to be a good fit um, was awful. I was Mm. terrified. I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. It's in the middle of nowhere, essentially. I didn't have any support near me. Um, You know, any people that I knew were in Sydney or pretty much. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck. Like, I I don't know what the fuck to do. I felt quite alone. 
it was super, yeah, it was really lonely and really scary. And I remember calling and like when I told my family, my mom was like, of course, she's like, okay, well, do you want to come home? And I was like, no, I don't. Like, I really don't. I know I'll be fine. I know I'll figure it out, but I don't have a plan. And trying to convey that to her of I'm scared, I'm alone, and I don't know what to do, but I also know that I'm going to be fine was a really hard balance, especially I can't imagine as a mom, like hearing that from your kid, you know, but I wasn't reaching out to, for a life raft. I was just wanting to share. And this is kind of like talking about what you were saying at the beginning is we can't just bypass all of the negative and just be like, it's going to be fine. And like, la 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 and put blinders or earmuffs on to the, the negative feelings of anger and sadness and that come up like embracing that and feeling that and expressing it is part of what turns out to make things better definitely it's the only way you learn yeah really so yeah having to kind of not model it but like explain that in a way to my mom of like no i'm not you know i'm fucking shattered right now and i don't know what i'm gonna do but i'm gonna be fine and explaining it to her also was helpful like reassuring myself Mm. in that way too Mm. um but yeah if that hadn't have happened i wouldn't have then gone to work on the dairy farm I wouldn't I maybe wouldn't have gotten my three months for my second year visa I wouldn't have met you you wouldn't have met you yeah so again sounding like a broken record but you know it's changes like that these major kind of upheavals bring us to where we're supposed to be that's how I believe it to be yeah it's so Interesting. One of the things hearing you talk um, about your experiences, God, it sounds so funny for me to try and explain to myself that I almost forgot it, but I um, was in a really crazy situation when I was backpacking. In Southeast Asia? Yeah, in Southeast Asia. I've been through a lot by this point anyway. Um, To cut a long story short, I left with a friend of mine and he unfortunately got hit by a car Mm -hmm. when we were driving down our motorbikes from Pai down to Chiang Mai. Mm -hmm. And we'd met a couple along the way and unfortunately the couple broke up whilst we were travelling with them. And the my friend and the girl that we were traveling with, uh, they got on really well. And I'm not, I'm not saying that we didn't get on at all, but we're just very different people. We're on kind of opposite ends, talking cheese. Anyway, so when Alfie got hit, um, I stayed with her as, a, as this sense of like obligation because I felt so bad for her that she was, you know, she was heartbroken. Yeah. You know, this, her boyfriend had left and for his own reasons, I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not pointing the finger or anything. But, but she was now alone. She was now alone and you were now alone. I was now alone and we kind of banded together, but it was very evident as the days were going on that we just, we just weren't like, right for each other. <laughs> well, and you can get along and like someone and yeah. not be a good travel match. Yeah, absolutely. And there were definitely times when we had great fun, but the times where she was affecting me negatively started to outweigh the positives. Anyway, I ended up leaving her on Catbar Island, which is just off uh, the coast of Vietnam. And so I ended up traveling down Vietnam by myself, which because I'd done it previously, 
um, I was I was fine with that, and I actually felt a real sense of freedom. And then as I I started to heal from that because I really did have to take the time for myself to just restore regenerate, energy, restore yeah. my energy, to recharge the batteries, level level down again. Does that make sense? Kind of like level or I don't know, regain my balance. That's what I'm trying recalibrate. To say. Exactly, recalibrate. You're so good with words. Can I just say on a side note to everyone listening, right? Janie is basically the person who comes up with the episode names. I'm just the one who like, it's like, okay, that's the title, whatever. Well, anyway. Anyway, I was recalibrating and I made my way to the airport. I was getting a flight uh, to Vietnam. No, sorry, to Sri, Sri Lanka. And I stopped over in Thailand at this point and I was at the airport about to get on the plane and I get a text from my dad saying Suze are you okay are you okay I was oh like, my god I forgot I was like what yeah I'm fine why what's wrong he said have you not watched the news I was like I don't fucking watch the news <laughs> <laughs> yeah no offense to anyone who does I'm just <laughs> well you were just on a plane like, I, yeah yeah and... yeah I mean I'm not an avid watcher of the news but you know if it's there I'll watch it but anyway I'm not I don't really keep up with it I don't check it and um he just said, well, I think you should read it and then make your decision. And I was literally about to get, I was literally in the queue. And this was when the bombs had gone off in Sri Lanka. Just mm. um, awful. It was absolutely devastating. It, it so hurt. you were in the airport in Vietnam? I was, I was, I was, uh, I'd left Vietnam. I'd stopped over in Thailand. Okay. And in Thailand, I was getting on the plane to Sri Lanka. Got it. And that's when you found out. And that's when bombs. I found out, yeah. You were getting ready to board the flight to go to Sri Lanka. And there had been three major bombs. Two of them had uh, gone off in luxury hotels. Um, and one had gone off in a Catholic uh, mm. church. Killed all these innocent people. It was just devastating. Um, but you know what was the weirdest thing? Is that something, I don't know what it was. But something came over me and I just thought, no, I am still going to go. And it's crazy. I think back to that. And I think if I had looked on from the outside to this person, I just think you're insane. Why the hell are you getting on a plane to a country that has just been bombed in, in like tourist hotspots as yeah. well, you know, a big cathedral and these, you know, luxury, luxury hotels. hotels. Yeah. I can't tell you what it was, Janie, but I just knew I had to go. And I got on the plane and I remember it was empty. There was about, I'd say, not even eight of us on this Whoa. plane. Yeah. And I just remember, I wasn't even flitting in and out of, is this the right decision? I knew it was the right decision, but it was just a prime example of when something just comes out of the blue and you have no control over it. And what do you do next? And what is your gut feeling telling you? And what's your head versus what's your gut? Yep. Anyway, I got to Sri Lanka and it was really interesting time because obviously a lot of people had left. There were a few travelers around there and then there was a second smaller attack um, mm -hmm. when they found the, some terrorists and that's when a second wave of um, tourists left. But the ones of us who stayed, because there weren't that many of us, you just band together and it just does bond you and mm -hmm. you have this feeling like you are there to help support the country, no matter how little it is. You are there to to help spread the word on social media that it, it is getting safer and yeah. you're putting your money into the economy. Yeah. And you're an ambassador of sorts. Yeah, absolutely. And 
I never would have met all my friends who went traveling. I would never have met my really, my best friend traveling, Tim. I wouldn't have had these amazing experiences in this, oh, one of them for, oh, I've got two. I, I'm sorry, I could go on forever. Do it! Two of the major ones was staying in a hostel called Tomorrowland in the hills of Ella. And we just had the best time every day. It was just... This is when you were working, like painting. So, so yeah, I was in Tomorrowland. I, I'd, I'd, I'd had uh, many experiences before this. So I'd gone to stay with a family friend, um, Claire, who um, was in the hills of uh, Candy, where I used to live when I was a ba- when I was like little. Mm-hmm. So I kind of reconnected with her. I reconnected mm-hmm. with my nanny. I hadn't oh. seen her since I was, you know, six years old. Because you something. lived there when you were how old? I think I was about three to six years old okay. or something. So you so, kind of like, was this the first time that you These are my first back? memories. So Aww. first memories ever really were from Sri Lanka. And we visited my old house, which is now this oh, hotel. It's so crazy. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, I had all these crazy like transformational experiences that just gave, give me shivers just thinking about it. Ended up at this um, hostel and I met my friend Tim there and we just instantly clicked. Anyway... Leading on from that, having lost this sense of that I need to control everything, I then found myself ending up in Aragon Bay, which is this amazing surfer's town with my friend who, my friend Tim had left before, actually just a couple of days before me. But in the meantime, whilst he was down there, he'd set up both of us having these jobs in this hostel. Hell yes, Tim. It was What brilliant. a plan. I literally, he set everything out up and I just walked in there. I didn't have to do anything and they just said yeah we want you to work for us and honestly Janie I think those days were some of the happiest days Mm. in my working life I've had some great times in England don't get me wrong like working in the cafe and everything but I couldn't believe I was waking up every day and helping paint this hostel and getting food and accommodation for free so I wasn't necessarily getting paid but I just I was immersed in this group of people that became, we became a family. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't a weird sense of the word family in a workplace because it wasn't monetary. It was yeah. just, we were all there for the same reason. Yeah. And I just think, oh, what would have happened if I hadn't, hadn't gone? And yeah. just, uh, yeah, it was amazing. Anyway, I think that's one of the prime examples, I'd say. And that's, that's massive. And do you know what? It's funny, like, I'm talking about it now as a story, I'm looking back on my memories, it, it may sound like crazy to some people or not, oh, that would never happen to me. Or It is so possible. <laughs> it is like, you just need, it's like anything in life, you just need to put the first foot forward mm. and then don't worry about what is gonna happen, just let it happen. Mm. And that's where I ended up found, that's where I ended up finding myself. And yeah, yeah it was just brilliant. Oh, it's so Don't cool. regret a single bit. and my. Poor parents. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, this is now because that kind of reminds me of when we both went home separately, obviously, because we don't live together back home <laughs> uh, for Christmas this yeah. year. And then flying back in January was the height of the bushfires here in Australia. Oh my God, of course. So like yeah. I left, I don't 
know how aware my family were of how bad the bushfires were mm-hmm. until after I left. Because I left a few mm-hmm. days before you did, and I think it was it was really bad here. They had kind yeah. of started before we left anyway in December. Yeah, because I remember texting you being like, yeah. what is it like? You just said, well, I mean, it's very smoky. It's very smoky. Yeah. But yeah, I knew that it was getting worse over here, and I didn't bring it up to my parents because of course like I it similarly felt like I knew I was going to come back I knew I wanted to be here and wanted to see out my time here um and I just didn't want to cause them any more worry than I knew they would already have and it wasn't going to change my mind so um they kind of figured it out on their own eventually after I was already on the other side of the world sorry mom and dad but I'm fine um and there's the thing is, too, that wildfires are really common back home as well, like, mm. in the summertime. In California especially, no? Yeah, California for sure, but, like, up, we had some really bad ones in Canada as well because it's mm. we're super close to the border, so, like, that mountain range gets... It gets really... It can... The past couple of years, it's been pretty bad over the summers. Um, the Definitely California, um, but, yeah, on the West Coast. But, yeah, so... But that was a decision, too, of, like, fuck do I get on a plane to go back to a natural disaster? Like, is that a smart choice? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, no, but here we are. A couple of fucking, this is what, how many natural, how many worldwide, you know, horrific events are now we experience. Oh, so many. But yeah, I remember being on the, the plane and looking over and everyone on the plane basically got up and looked over to the one side and you could see the smoke from the air like so clearly the pictures that I have on my phone are so it was horrific I remember watching the news with my family back at home and this was I think a day before I was I was due to leave and obviously you were back already yeah and my dad just said are you sure you want to go back and it again it was that thing that just came over me. I, I actually, it was slightly different this time. I think because I was with my family in person, I did, I did start to think maybe I should hold it off just because yeah. it's better to be safe than sorry in this case. But then, again, it was this thing that came over me. It just said, you know what? Holding it off, I would only have been able to hold it off by a week or so anyway. It would have cost me a ton of money to change the flight. Yeah. Actually, Melbourne itself is pretty protected because of the water. There's some water around it, I believe. And anyway, my my parents have a family friend who works at a news channel, and she was saying, you know, actually, Melbourne City's it's okay. Mm-hmm. But it was again that decision of well, I can't control this, but I can control my decisions in yeah. terms of my safety and what is beneficial and what isn't. Yeah, but just came to that decision that actually it was better for me to get back with you start setting up our life because we didn't have anything we yeah. didn't have a job I had no money no. i spent all my money on the flight I back all my money on and presents yeah. oh my I... god i remember which is so sad because the oh. presents that i got my family were so lame they were not lame they were Jane. really you were the cutest we basically went to the supermarket oh god it's so embarrassing no it's not it's not anyway you can tell it if you want but no, i just yeah i yeah i bought my family i i brought i bought everyone in my family like little like australian snack gift bags That's like i basically so just bought a bunch of 
snacks and things and stereotypical stuff that you can only get here and like made everybody little gift packs and I felt really lame about it when I got to but Christmas. But it's, it's so funny because I remember watching you go around the supermarket and we were carrying these baskets and, th- and you were thinking about it so much and I just think it was so different. I thought that was really, you took initiative with that because it's not like you can carry a whole load of presents yeah. in Australia. It's not like you can really organize that beforehand and you were going pretty much last minute so I thought it was genius Thanks. and all of the food that you got we all ate in the hostel tons <laughs> anyway Tim Tams double cut of Tim Tams good lord if anybody knows anyone that works for Arnott's that can get us <laughs> sponsored by Tim Tams I would truly I'm so happy happily endorse Tim Tams I'm on this. so happy I do it for free <laughs> I should probably shut my mouth save it <laughs> Not, we're gonna make our millions oh, but yeah but yeah we but you know we did end up coming back i joined you in the hostel jesus in, in speaking of another like feet oh my god i can't wait for us to have our hostel episode i have so much to say that's another point of an example of things that have fully changed for us like when we got back all of our friends that we had known that were living here in Melbourne were living in this one area and we thought we would live there and then we tried it out and just on a whim decided nah this isn't for us and completely changed our path and then you know had to look and find somewhere else oh my god I forgot about that yeah yeah we were having dinner at St Kilda weren't we yeah a lot of our friends are of Irish origin yes and we just thought, having never really, well, we neither of us had been to Melbourne. We just thought, oh, naturally. We I had, but I'd only been up here. Oh, okay. Okay. So we just thought, oh, yeah, we'll be to St. Kilda, everyone, everyone else's. And I think it had been a couple of days or something, or a week or so, and we'd gone to dinner, and we'd had a, we just kind of turned to each other at the same time, didn't we? We were both like, I don't want to live in St. Kilda. Yeah. I just isn't, the, it's just not our vibe. And I just yeah. remember looking at you and being like, I don't want to live here. And you were like, yeah, me neither. Yeah. And we had been going to open houses and mm. that kind of transparency that you need, like, it's so helpful to have, to know what you want and to feel free enough to share that with the people that you're with. Because when you're, you don't have to do that as much when you are traveling alone, mm. but when you start joining up with people and doing stuff, mm. you have to trust that you're going to ask for what you need and what you want and that the people that you surround yourself with are going to be open to it too and support you in that which brings up we asked on our we asked our instagram community if you're not following us please do on instagram it's just at we're not really backpackers um without an apostrophe of course it kind of looks like we're not really backpackers we do know how to spell we do know how to spell Okay. <laughs> Social media doesn't allow for the punctuation of required for our title. So it's ridiculous. It's fine. Okay. So we asked everyone, what is the biggest lesson that you've learned whilst traveling? Susie mm. obviously wrote that question because I don't say whilst. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm such a posh twat. <laughs> You're just so British. So, uh, first off, the first thing was pack a carry-on only, if you can. Yeah. I can't. I can't. I I am in jest about this. I, is that the right way to I don't know. I. What? 
I do not agree. (laughs) (laughs) I... Oh my god. Disagree with this. Yeah? I think, look, how the fuck are you supposed to carry just a carry-on? <laughs> like, pa- oh, pack or just, just a, a carry-on? Dude, I don't fucking know. I've never been able to do that a day in my life. My best friend lives in LA. It's a two-hour flight. I usually go visit her about once a year. And it's for, what, two, three days max? I bring a checked bag, a carry-on, yeah. a purse, my laptop. <laughs> like, I can't. Do you know how big my feet are? I'm 6'1". I have huge fucking feet. My shoes alone. I don't have, like, am I only supposed to bring one pair of shoes? Speaking of bringing shoes, I famously, yeah, I am an overpacker. I, for my backpacking trip, quote unquote, to Bali, I brought two overweight (laughs) checked bags, plus a backpack, plus a bag. Wow. And in one, just one of my checked bags was six months supply of toiletries because. (laughs) Why? Because I was convinced that I wouldn't be able to find what I needed, quote unquote Mm. needed, Mm. in Mm. Bali. Oh. One, my hair stuff. Oh, yes. So I have really curly hair and I have very specific products that I like to use, which I haven't had for months now and I've been fine. But when I left, I was like, no, I need these. So I bought the giant like two liter Mm -hmm. size salon size bottles of stuff. I brought, I literally bought Mm -hmm. six months of tampons. I Well, I would... I was literally just about to say, all the ladies who are listening, who ever go to, if ever you go to South, Southeast Asia, Southeast Asia, bring tampons. That was so yeah. smart of you because I didn't realize. See, that Even was though the, I'd been before, I didn't really think about it. Yeah. See, I knew just because that was part of what I had done, like the some of the research that I had done of looking at like blogs and stuff yeah. was, it was really hard to, I thought it was really hard to get a sense of what the fuck I needed to bring because I didn't really know what I was going to be doing either. Mm. Um, but yeah, one of the things that I had seen on multiple places was sanitary stuff. It's really hard to find there, da 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 So I stocked up and it literally saved. Saved, yeah. Yeah, saved my yeah. ass so many times and saved my yeah. friends. You don't know how many times people were like, oh my God, I can't find a chip on. And I was like, well, <gasps> luckily I went to Costco oh, before I left America. We're set. God damn it. I wish we'd met beforehand. Yeah. Well, you saved me a lot of anguish. Then I had to carry it all around with me. Yeah. And famously, to my friends, <laughs> to no one else, there were, so my mom bought me a pair of hiking boots for that Christmas. So I left <laughs> right after Christmas. 2018 and my mom bought me these hiking boots because I had put them on my Amazon wish list this isn't her fault really because I had seen on one of these things that I was looking at of things to pack when you're going to you know Bali or Southeast Asia and hiking boots and all these like hiking clothes were on there as I have mentioned previously I fucking hate hiking (laughs) so I don't know why I thought that I was going to need all this hiking gear to like suddenly take up an activity that I loathe in heat and muggy you know, tropical weather, but I thought that I needed it. And so I put them on this list. My mom bought me these hiking boots and then I was packing and I was like, my whole family, my parents and my little sister had to help me pack because I was like, of course I waited to the last minute trying to shove everything in. I got way too much shit. And I was like, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing. I start having a panic attack. My little sister takes the reins and packs for me basically. But these fucking hiking boots, they're huge because one, my feet are huge and two, they're hiking boots. So they're fucking hefty. (laughs) The heavy as well. They were heavy as fuck. And she mm. was like, we don't have room for these. And I was like, 
okay, fine. And I was going to leave it out. My mom was like, you're not going to take your hiking boots? And I was like, okay, fine. I guess oh, I will. And so I had to my like, try to find a space to shove these fucking shoes in. <laughs> I managed to somehow. And it, Jesus Christ. I carried those shoes around with me for over a year. I never wore them once. Oh, wow. I The tags were still on them. I brought them oh. all through Asia, all through Australia, <laughs> to farming, back to Melbourne. And I was like, I every time I had to pack my bag, I was like, these fucking shoes. Oh, it's like the devil sitting they in the corner. literally yeah. had the tag on them still. I tried to sell them. Do you them. still have them? No, because I brought them home with me when I went home for Christmas and oh, I left okay. them there and I tried to be like because my mom bought them on like Amazon or something mm-hmm. I was like can we maybe try to return them maybe get you some credit back like mm-hmm. I literally have never worn them I don't mm-hmm. think I, I'm sure they're just sitting in my parents basement now just haunting <laughs> but yeah be that's a huge lesson that I've learned is just how little you actually need yeah no it's true it is true. You actually don't need a lot. No. And and your your stuff is going to get ruined as it is. So just bear that in mind. And if you ever need anything, you know, it's not like they don't have clothes shops. Like, it's not like I couldn't have found shoes. It would have been hard because yeah. I have huge feet. It is particularly feet. hard for you because you are so tall. Yes. And you have big feet. Okay. But... Feet. But yeah. it would have been possible. Absolutely. I could have... I, yeah. I probably could have gotten fucking shoes made for me somewhere. Yeah. Like... Probably. It would have been fine. Can you get full three-piece suits in Vietnam? <laughs> I mean, not that you wouldn't need that. But for um, the men of the I audience. I kind of want... Haven't you ever wanted to wear, like, a full... Like, a suit? Like, with, like, a bow tie? Yeah. Yeah, like, rocking it like... Yeah. Um, Gretchen... Not Gretchen. Oh, my God. Janice and Janice Mean Girls. Mean Girls. That's exactly yeah. the image I want. <laughs> At some point in my life, I would... I want to wear, like, a tuxedo. <laughs> But I don't know yeah. if it's for me. <laughs> I would love a little waistcoat like my dad wears. A waistcoat? Oh my god, my dad has the jazziest waistcoats. What? That he whips out for Christmas and potentially... What's a waistcoat? Waistcoat is a sleeveless kind of thing that you put over your shirt and... Like a vest? It's not like a vest. It's like a, a, a dressy-uppier version of that. Cute. So yeah. you, Very so, British. So, yeah, so you wear the white shirt underneath with mm-hmm. your suit pants, mm-hmm. as you would say, or aka trousers. Okay. And then <laughs> and then it goes over your shirt and you can button it. And in England, there's like, traditionally you'd wear it with a bow tie. So Cute. Oh, he's just the cutest. Um, so yeah, I would definitely get like a three-piece suit like that. Something else that one of our awesome people on Instagram said was, because we just went on a huge tangent about luggage, um, (laughs) was learn some phrases in the local language and always have emergency cash. Hugely helpful, um, especially now with like apps and stuff, just learning Mm -hmm. a few few key phrases like thank you. We'll get you you around anything. Because when stuff goes wrong, you need help. Totally. And again, this is a really good practice of if you're not used to asking for help and if you feel like you have to do everything everything yourself, get rid of that because you are going to be in situations where you are feeling like, oh, God, like, I know I need to ask for help, but I'm not used to it, but I have to because I don't have a choice right now. And if you can practice 
you know, a few phrases to be polite enough to the local people. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's going to do you the world of good. For example, a major thing I think about, especially in Southeast Asia, are the scooter accidents. Oh my God, yeah. You know, you've been through it yourself. I have. I witnessed my time. friend oh. going through that. And when you're in that situation, you're in the, for us, you know, you're in the middle of the road in the middle of nowhere. I was chasing down this car trying to get them. And obviously they didn't speak a word of, of English, which I don't yeah. expect them to. But it took a couple of Capcom cars for us to, you know, start making conversation with a local travel guide that happened to stop. And because we were, you know, that much more polite and made an effort, he was, even though my friend was obviously very hurt, he was more inclined to, yeah, to do his best for us. And yeah. I think that's super important. For Definitely. It's, yeah, I can't, that story always just, ugh, it makes me so, I'm so glad that you guys are both okay. Yeah, so glad. Um, yeah, just familiarizing yourself as much as you can with culture and customs and things, mm. you know, if you know that certain hand signals are not okay that you might not think of. Like those are the kinds of things that you Mm. looking into that before you get to a place is super helpful and Mm. will definitely serve you in the long run. And um, yeah, having emergency cash, whether it's in the local currency or in your own home currency, just stashed away somewhere. Oh my God. Can I just put this in here? I just thought about this. My biggest tip for ladies who are traveling for stashing your cash is put it down your bra. Susie, don't <laughs> act like you just, really? Do you think you just invented the bra purse? <laughs> I'm not saying I invented it. I'm just saying everyone needs to know about it because okay. it has saved me so yeah. many times. Keys, cards, cash, all of it down there. <laughs> okay, I think anyone, I think most women have figured this out at some point. I don't know. I was quite late. <laughs> Susie, when was the first time you figured out you could stash something in your bra? Because no. I'll tell you I was 13. <laughs> I think it was, I don't know. I remember doing it on nights out. Yeah. But I think it is just vital for ladies to remember that because I think that when you're traveling, hilarious. you know, when you're traveling, you're not just on a night out. You can't, you don't just leave everything behind. You have your bags and your purse. And I think we're naturally more inclined to put everything in your purses or your bag. Sure. But like, like we know, anything can happen. <laughs> it can get lost, stolen, yeah. whatever, dropped. So definitely <sighs> your spare cash needs to go in the cleavage. In the cleavage, let's say. <laughs> Um, putting stuff in your bra reminds me of a time one of my friends on her birthday we were out and she was so drunk she thought she lost her phone she was literally when I say crying fully crying just so distraught so so drunk and it was snowing and her poor boyfriend who's now her husband shout out Lane and Caitlin what up guys um had to go back to the last bar to like try to find it was walking through the snow we're trying to call it all of a sudden her fucking boob starts lighting up and I'm sitting there and I was like Caitlin she's like what I fucking reach in or maybe it was Chris I don't know someone pulled her phone out of her bra and she was so oblivious that it even happened and she was like oh 
poor lanes out in the snow somewhere. It was amazing. So anyway, yeah, make sure that if you use your bra as a purse, um, that you remember what's in it. Oh, yeah. I definitely freaked out for about five minutes, sweating my tits off, <laughs> and then realized they are my tits. <laughs> <laughs> I do that now even when I haven't I don't really my phone is so big that I don't really keep it in my bra anymore because it just like pokes out but I still if I'm yeah. looking for my phone I'll still just kind of like yeah grab my you're naturally like, grab where's my, just where's my, do the pat down where's my phone <laughs> oh and there's I haven't been wearing a bra for weeks I haven't left the house I'm in fucking lockdown why would my phone be anywhere on my torso Another thing that we got from someone on Instagram was, oh, it's from Alfie, was to yeah. not settle for anything less than what you know you deserve or want. This is huge, I think, yeah. overall, and it's such, like most things, I think pretty much the common theme mm. of all of this is these experiences you have while you're traveling and putting yourself out of your comfort zone and doing mm. all these different things, it's just mirroring other experiences that you're going to have in your like, you know, quote unquote, everyday life. So if you wouldn't accept it for yourself while you're alone in the middle of a foreign country, why would that then, why would that standard drop when you get back to, or you create a new normal? So I think that's a really awesome lesson to take away is if you've spent time and money planning and going on your dream trip or doing something that you're super excited about even if something goes totally wrong or doesn't, it's not the way you planned, you have, like what we were saying before, is we have this illusion of control, of we're in control of our experiences and the things that happen to us, mm. um, which isn't necessarily true, but you do have control over how you react and how yes. you can push through and what you can learn from it and take away. So having that awareness and knowing that you can, if you have spent all this time and money and all this, you know, attention and Mm. planning to achieve something or to have an experience Mm. and it's not going the way you want it to, or it doesn't feel right. Mm. Fucking change it. Just do it. Yeah. You have, you have the power to control certain things. Absolutely. I think a major example for me that comes up would be the people that you surround yourself with. Now, look, there are going to be times when, you're in a hostel room with certain people that you don't necessarily get on with or And then in whatever. everyday life, you might have co-workers or yes. people on the bus that yes. you don't really like. Yes. But you have to get from point A to point B or you have to figure out a way to make those relationships work for you. Yeah, and I think you do have a higher element of control with this when you are traveling because especially when you're alone, um, you know, you, you do have it if you're traveling with people as well. But for me, when... I was traveling alone. I No one had any preconceptions of who I was. Mm-hmm. I didn't owe anything to anyone. Not that you do, you know, otherwise. Yeah, but, but you, you don't. Know, you don't you, there's no I, compromise really that needs to happen. No, and, and I remember at first being in situations where I was, again, surrounded by people that I thought were cool or I wanted to, I wanted to be a part of, but you kind of just, the penny drops sometimes and you're sitting there thinking I'm actually not really enjoying myself. Like, why am I still here? And nine times out of 10, for me, it would come down to feeling obligated to stay in this group because, oh, you've been friends for two days. And two days in traveling terms seem- It's it's a lifetime. Yeah, it's such a long time when you're traveling because so much can happen in that time. But going back to Alfie's piece of advice, I would say, yeah, 
just do yourself a favor cut the bullshit make yourself don't don't give yourself more things to worry about than you have to yeah and put things and put practices in place that will support you in just living your best life and really finding yourself and I don't use that term lightly because I know we in England especially it's all to find yourself and we make so much fun fun of it but actually it's you are finding yourself you're finding out who you are you're finding out what makes you tick you're finding out what habits you have that you need to break and what habits you need to instill Mm -hmm. and never settling for anything that you're that's not worthy of you absolutely worthiness I think is a huge point of that of knowing not just because I know from my own experience if something didn't really feel right or I wasn't super happy with the way it was going. A lot of times, especially when I was younger, I would have just been like, well, that's just the way it is. Mm. Or just kind of resigned myself to that. And through the experiences that I've had and the growth that I've, um, you know, undergone with just aging in general, but also with traveling is that practice of allowing myself to believe that I'm worthy of feeling more, of Mm. feeling better about it, of having the experience that I want. Um, and that's not too much to ask for. Definitely. And it's, it's my right to have the kind of life that I want. Hit the nail on the head. Fuck yeah, man. All right. To wrap things up, the last question that we asked, well, the second, the only other question that we've asked so far <laughs> on our Instagram page was in light of the lockdown, we were just asking everyone what travel plans did Miss Rona ruin for you? Because Susie and I had tentatively been planning on going up to Queensland. Um, that's obviously <laughs> tempered a bit. because This the, has gone out the window. The borders have completely closed. <laughs> um, so we have no idea what that's happening. Um, yeah. We've had a couple of people say Mexico City and then going back home. Shout out to Seattle. Um and then one of our friends, Joe, said everything. So <laughs> that is a pretty good summation. I have something that was completely ruined today. Oh, yeah. Your, your travel plans. My travel plans. My lovely boyfriend, who is just a sweetheart, isn't he? Yeah. He's just Jack's the, best. the best. He basically texted me a couple of weeks ago. I was at work and he said... Um, book a Friday off and that's all he said I was like what what do you mean just book a Friday off love a man with a plan let me tell you love a man with a plan so it turns out he was planned all of this booked the accommodation we're gonna go away on a little road trip just the two of us out the city and we've been looking forward to it for a good two three weeks now and then fucking corona hit again and that's it what up (laughs) You're not allowed to go fucking anywhere. <laughs> oh, God. And we got the time off work. and But, you know, actually, we were texting today and I just thought, look, this is a prime example of there is nothing you can do about it. So I could either or we could either waste time thinking about everything that we're going to be missing out on. Or we can just think, well, let's recreate that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. as best as we can here cute yeah and just take the time for ourselves but 
I'm not gonna bang on about it, but yeah, that was one of my major plans, which I'm just really annoyed about. But then I also think when we do finally get to go, it'll be that much sweeter because mm-hmm. we would have, I don't know, not earned it, but just but kind like, of, kind of, yeah, yeah. It's gonna just be, you know, <clears throat> yeah. You have spent all that extra time that you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm just hoping that we can still see each other yeah i don't know so the first time lockdown happened you could still see your partner even though you didn't live together which doesn't make any sense to me well actually before do you remember before then actually you couldn't i know and then that was when everyone was up in arms about it they said okay fine if you're a partner you can but i'm yeah i don't know about now but we're just gonna have to cross that bridge when we come to it so we'll figure it out we'll figure it out we'll all be safe Yes, on that note, everyone stay safe, please. Stay safe. Wash yeah. your hands. Wear a mask Wear if you can. Wear a mask. Whenever possible. Wear a mask all the time. Yes. We have ones that are washable. And I would highly recommend You know, recommend masks people. here haven't been as big of a thing as they are back home. Like, everyone back home is wearing a mask all oh, the time. Oh, really? Everyone? Yeah. When you go, is, yeah. it, is it obligatory? When it go? is in Washington now. Back, okay, yeah. Yeah, back home, it's like you have to wear one. Mm. So it started, I think, with stores saying that you had to wear them in stores. And then, of course, there's been people protesting that and showing up to Costco and being like, I'm an American citizen. Oh you can't God. tell me what to do. <laughs> and it's like, guess what? <laughs> I have some news for you about reproductive rights that are going to blow your fucking mind. Yes. But anyway... Wear a mask, wash your hands, yes. stay safe, stay Try not smart. to touch your face. I, that's all I do. Yeah, I find it really hard not to. I'm like a face toucher. Massive face toucher. I need to get out of the habit. I've actually started getting in the habit of washing my hands like just way more. Just yeah. every, like just when we came time. back from shopping today. It's me too. First thing I did was take the mask off, wash my hands. Yeah. Before I touched anything. So. Yeah. But um, yeah, I hope everyone is as well as can be and we would love to hear from you if you would like to write to us we have an email address it is we're not really backpackers at gmail.com no apostrophe in the we're obviously that's not how emails work that's very true i don't know why i'm telling people this um we we, also have our instagram follow us on the gram we are at we're not really backpackers Those are the main ways you can get a hold of us. I guess you could figure out other ones if you really want to. We're not going to give out our address, but you can figure it out. Okay. Well, <laughs> safe travels, everybody. Yes, cheers, darling. Cheers. Oh, my God, I drank all my wine. Wow. Bye.